ان الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا وسيئات اعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له واشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له واشهد ان محمدا عبده ورسوله يا ايها الذين امنوا اتقوا الله حق تقاته ولا تموتن الا وانتم مسلمون يا ايها الناس اتقوا ربكم الذي خلقكم من نفس واحده وخلق منها زوجها وبث منهما رجالا كثيرا ونساء واتقوا الله الذي تساءلون به والارham ان الله كان عليكم رقيبا يا ايها الذين امنوا اتقوا الله وقولوا قولا سديدا يصلح لكم اعمالكم ويغفر لكم ذنوبكم ومن يطع الله ورسوله فقد فاز فوزا عظيما اما بعد فان اصدق الكلام كلام الله واحسن الهدي هدي محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم وشر الامور محدثاتها وكل محدثه بدعه وكل بدعه ضلاله وكل ضلاله في النار وبعد there is no doubt that the dirasa and the study of the tawhid of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is from the greatest of the topics that the muslim will study for indeed allah azza wa jal has commanded us to have knowledge of allah azza wa jal fa'lam annahu la ilaha illallah have knowledge that there is no deity worthy of worship except allah and the greatest thing that allah azza wa jal has prohibited us from is from a shirk and when that is the case the talib ilm he begins in his path and upon his talab with the study of the books of tawhid and aqeedah those books that instruct him with how to worship allah subhanahu wa ta'ala correctly and those books that clarify that which is related to the worship of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and from the greatest and the most important of those books this book that we have in front of us though it is small it discusses concisely one of the uh, great issues of tawhid and this of course is by discussing four principles of four qawaid related to the tawhid of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and here we embark upon a look at the third of those qawaid the third of those principles uh, that is the qaida that the imam he mentioned that is al imam muhammad ibn abdul wahhab rahimahullah ta'ala he mentioned al qaidatu thalitha the third qaida and this principle is one that is muhim and one that is important though they are all very important but understanding this will aid in understanding tawhid generally he mentions rahimahullah ta'ala anna an nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam ظهر على أناس متفرقين في عباداتهم. He said that the Prophet sallam was apparent, or he appeared among a people that were different, or that differed in relation to the their objects of worship. That is, the Prophet sallam, when he appeared, he didn't appear uh, as one directing his da'wah towards one particular type of mushrik or one particular type of kafir. Rather, the Messenger ﷺ, he appeared among a people who had various types of worship and committed various types of shirk. And thus, this qaida or this principle is an important one to understand. The Prophet ﷺ was not just dealing with ubad al-asnam. He was not just dealing with worshippers of idols, but he was dealing with worshippers of various types and objects of worship. But what gathered all of them? is that they all worshipped and turned their acts of ibadah to other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So he mentions rahimahullah ta'ala, منهم من يعبد الملائكة ومنهم من يعبد الأنبياء والصالحين ومنهم من يعبد الأحجار والأشجار ومنهم من يعبد الشمس والقمر وقاتلهم رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم ولم يفرق بينهم. He said from them, there were those who used to worship the malaika, the angels. From them were those who used to worship the anbiya, the prophets and the righteous. From them were those who used to worship uh, ahjar, stones or rocks, and ashjar, and trees. 
And from them were those who used to worship the shams and the qamar, the sun and the moon. He said, وَقَاتَلَهُمْ رَسُولُ اللَّهِ صَلَى اللَّهِ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمْ وَلَمْ يُثَرِّقْ بَيْنَهُمْ He fought against all of them and he did not make a difference between them. Then the Imam, rahimahullah ta'ala, he goes on to discuss the evidences and the proof that they were worshipping these various types of objects. He mentions, وَدَّلِيلُ قَوْلُهُ تَعَالَى وَقَاتِلُوهُمْ حَتَّى لَا تَكُونَ فِتْنَةً وَيَكُونَ الدِّينُ كُلُّهُ لِلَّهِ And so he made mention here of the general command that the Prophet ﷺ, when the legislation of fighting occurred, the Prophet ﷺ, he was commanded and fight against them until there is no fitna. And the intent behind fitna here is a shirk and that the deen is purely for Allah. He said, وَدَلِيلُ الشَّمْسُ وَالْقَمَرُ So first he establishes the fact that the Prophet ﷺ meant that Allah is mentioned قَاتِلُوهُمْ fight against them he said وَالدَّلِيلُ الشَّمْسُ وَالْقَمَرُ and the evidence of a shamsi wal-qamar the evidence that they used to worship the sun and the moon قَوْلُهُ تَعَالَى وَمِنْ آيَاتِهِ اللَّيْلُ وَالنَّهَارُ وَالشَّمْسُ وَالْقَمَرُ لَا تَسْجُدُوا لِلشَّمْسِ وَلَا لِلْقَمَرُ وَاسْجُدُوا لِلَّهِ الَّذِي خَلَقَهُنَّ إِن كُنْتُمْ إِيَّاهُ تَعْبُدُونَ the statement of Allah Azza wa Jal and from his signs are the night and the day and the sun and the moon. And then listen to the statement of Allah which establishes the deleed that Allah prohibited from the worship of the sun and the moon. And the, this, these were objects that they were worshipping. Do not prostrate to the sun nor to the moon, but prostrate to Allah who created them if you truly indeed worship him. He said, والدليل الملائكة and the evidence of the malaika قوله تعالى ولا يأمركم أن تتخذوا الملائكة والنبيين أربابا Allah Azza wa Jal has a curse in Surah Al-Imran He has not commanded you to take the malaika or the nabiyin or the prophets as arbab, as lords besides Allah يعني objects of worship besides Allah And so here there is evidence that they used to worship the malaika He said, والدليل الأنبياء قوله تعالى وَإِذْ قَالَ اللَّهُ يَا عِيسَى يَا عِيسَى بْنِ مَرْيَمَ أَأَنْتَ قُلْتَ لِلنَّاسِ اتَّخِذُونِي وَأُمِّيَ إِلَهَيْنِ مِنْ دُونِ اللَّهِ قَالَ سُبْحَانَكَ مَا يَكُونُ لِي أَنْ أَقُولَ مَا لَيْسَ لِي بِحَقٍّ إِنْ كُنْتُ قُلْتُهُ فَقَدْ عَلِمْتَ تَعْلَمُ مَا فِي نَفْسِي وَلَا أَعْلَمُ مَا فِي نَفْسِكَ إِنَّكَ أَنْتَ عَلَّامُ الْغُيُوبِ statement of Allah Azza wa Jal when Allah Azza wa Jal said to Isa ibn Maryam did you say to the people, take me and my mother as guides, as gods besides Allah. And so Isa ibn Maryam responds, Subhanak, may you be freed from all imperfections. It was not for me to say except that which I had the right to say or to say that which I did not have the right to say. If I said it, then indeed you know. Ta'lamu ma fi nafsi, you know what is within myself. وَلَا أَعْلَمُ مَا فِي نَفْسِكَ And I do not know what is within yourself, yani what is with you. And that then is an establishment of the fact that from the permissible descriptions is to describe Allah or to refer to Allah with a nafs and to attribute uh, this statement to Allah Azzawajal since Isa ibn Maryam here establishes that and Allah revealed that you know what is within myself and I do not know what is in yourself, yani what is uh, uh, with the essence of Allah Azza wa He said, And the proof that they used to worship the Salihin. He mentioned the statement of Allah Azza wa Jal that indeed these individuals that they call upon they themselves, yani the, the objects of worship, they seek nearness to Allah. So which of the two are closer? And they seek His rahmah, His mercy. And they are in fear of His punishment. For indeed, His punishment is something to be afraid of. He mentioned, وَالدَّلِيلُ الْأَحْجَارِ وَالْأَسْجَارِ 
قوله تعالى أفرأيتم اللات والعزى ومنات الثالثة الأخرى The statement of Allah Azza wa Jal establishing that they used to worship uh, rocks and stones and that they used to worship trees Do you not see Allat wal-Uzza and Manat the third? Yani these are and were all objects that used, they used to worship and we'll discuss that which is related to them He said وحديث أبي واقد الليثي رضي الله عنه قال خرجنا مع, مع النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم إلى حنين ونحن هدثاء أهد بكفر وللمشركين سدرة يأكفون عندها وينوطون بها أسلحتهم يقال لها ذات أنوات فمررنا بسدرة فقلنا يا رسول الله اجعل لنا ذات أنوات ذات أنوات كما لهم ذات أنوات فقال الله أكبر إنها لسنن he said that indeed here in the hadith of Abi Waqidin al-Laythi, he said that verily we were with the Messenger of Allah, we went out with the Messenger of Allah وسلم, to Hunayn, and this is a reference to the Battle of Hunayn. We went out with the Messenger of Allah to the Battle of Hunayn. He said, and we were new to, to Islam, يعني that we had recently left Kufr. He said in the Mushrikun, they had a tree that they were hanging their swords and their weapons upon that was referred to as that Anwat. And they used to do so seeking blessings and barakah. He said, so we passed by a tree and we said, O oh, Messenger of Allah, make for us a that Anwat just as they have a that Anwat. And so the Prophet ﷺ, he said, Allahu Akbar. Indeed, this is a path that you are following. You have said, by he in whose hands is my soul, يعني قلتم والذي نفسي بيدي كما قال بنو إسرائيل لموسى اجعل لنا إلها كما لهم آلهة He said you have said by him in whose hands is my soul as بنو إسرائيل have said to بني إسرائيل has said to Musa أفوان you have said as بني إسرائيل said to Musa make for us a God as they have a God And so this section then الإمام محمد بن عبد الوهاب رحمه الله تعالى he discusses an important issue related to that which is connected to the shirk of the mushrikeen at the time of the Prophet ﷺ. And this is important because we need to understand what the Prophet ﷺ stood against and how we should understand Tawheed in every time and in every era. So the first thing that he establishes is the fact that the Prophet ﷺ was sent and stood against a, new, a number of varying types of mushrik. Yani not every single one of them were worshipping idols, rather from them were those who used to worship uh, the sun, the moon, from them were those who used to worship malaika, from them were those who used to worship the salihun, from them those who used to worship the anbiya. These were all varying objects of worship that uh, they turned and focused their attention to in relation to their ibadah. But the Prophet Wasallam sent the... Uh, or was sent against all of them. And this, no doubt, is a refutation against the Quburiyin. And since Imam Muhammad ibn Abdul Wahhab, his main target were the people who worshipped the Ashab al-Qubur and those who are in the graves from among the Sufiya and other than them who attribute themselves to the Ummah of Islam. The, Prophet, uh, the, the uh, Imam here was establishing the fact that the Prophet ﷺ being sent to varying types of mushrikeen indicates clearly that it doesn't matter what you claim your shirk is related to, it is still shirk. No matter how you try and make it a different type of shirk, then it is still considered shirk. The Prophet ﷺ was sent against all types of turning ibadah, turning worship to other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And so this is a refutation against them, in particular, in that he mentions uh, the Salihun, and he mentions Malaika, he mentions Shams wal Qamar. But this affair of him mentioning the Anbiya and the Salihun, as it relates to the Quburiyun, this is of major importance, because those who worship the companions of the graves and the inhabitants of the graves, they either worship the Prophet وسلم, and turn their dua and supplication to the Messenger, yani the Quburi, he either turns his supplication to the messenger or he turns his supplication to individuals that they consider righteous. And so here the Prophet ﷺ was sent against all of these types of individuals, all of these types of mushrik. 
those who used to worship Isa, Allah Azza wa Jal and the Imam, he mentions the ayah, أَأَنْتَ قُلْتَ لِلنَّاسِ اتَّخِذُونِي وَأُمِّيَ إِلَىٰ حَيْنِ مِنْ دُونِ اللَّهِ Did you say, did you say to the people that you should take me and my mother as two gods besides Allah? And he responded, Subhanak. And that is no doubt a refutation against those who worship the Prophet and make dua to the Messenger And as far as the second verse, أُولَٰئِكَ الَّذِينَ يَدْعُونَ Then this statement or this verse again is of importance because of the fact that it is related to individuals who they considered righteous and we'll come to that in its place so as far as the first uh ayah then or as far as the first affair of uh or the the evidences that the imam he mentioned here he mentioned that which is related to al-qital he mentioned that which is related to al-qital and that is uh, that which is related to fighting here Allah legislated al-jihad upon the messenger but that was not after he had migrated from Mecca to Medina after they were persecuted for years after they were persecuted for over a decade and that without doubt is an indication of the fact that Islam is not just a religion of spilling blood and fighting if that were the case then uh, the messenger would have fought against them from the very beginning from the initial stages of persecution but from the believers were those who were killed and the Prophet ﷺ didn't fight against them which indicates that the Messenger ﷺ was not just a bloodthirsty yani Arabian warrior a man who was was uh, intelligent and just wanted to rectify and change his people rather the Messenger of Allah was the Messenger of Allah and he was not just a great thinker he was the Messenger of Allah sent by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and would not carry out except that which was legislated by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And so he mentions uh, here when he mentions the verse, وَقَاتِلُوهُمْ حَتَّى لَا تَكُونَ فِتْنَةً Fight against them until there is no fitna. The intent behind fitna here is shirk. Just as in relation to the statement of Allah Azawajal, when Allah Azawajal makes mention of the fitna, وَاتَّقُوا فِتْنَةً لَا تُسِيبَنَّ الَّذِينَ ظَلَمُوا مِنْكُمْ خَاصَةً Fear the fitna that does not affect the one who carries out that sin alone. Imam Ahmad, he mentioned concerning the verse, أَتَدْرِمَ الْفِتْنَةً Do you know what the fitna is? الْفِتْنَةُ الشِّرْك The fitna is shirk. لَعَلَّهُ إِذَا رَدَّ بَعْدَ قَوْلِهِ أَنْ وَقَعَ فِي قَلْبِهِ شَيْءٌ مَنَ if he rejects some of the statements of the Prophet ﷺ, then something will enter into his heart from deviation and he will be destroyed. And so here we similarly have uh, the term fitna being used to refer to a shirk. As far as the evidence then that he uses for the shams and the qamar or the worship of the sun and the moon, he mentions this evidence because of the fact that among the Arab were those who used to worship the sun and the moon. Just as in our time, we have individuals who worship the celestial bodies. And that was something that many of the people of knowledge hold began during the time of Ibrahim When Ibrahim debated with his people concerning Tawheed, uh, and uh, he looked at the celestial bodies. Here, this debate that Ibrahim had was not a uh, instance of Ibrahim doubting concerning Allah and looking for God, as we hear some people saying. That was not the case. Ibrahim alayhi salatu salam, as Allah mentions in numerous places in the Quran, وَمَا كَانَ مِنَ الْمُشْرِكِينَ That he was never from the mushrikeen. وَلَمْ يَكُمْ مِنَ الْمُشْرِكِينَ He was never from among those who committed shirk. And so Ibrahim, when he ra'a al-qamar wa kawkab wa shams when he saw the sun, the moon, a star, and he said, هَذَا Rabbi, This is my Lord. He was indicating to the mushrikun who were present at his time that how could you worship these things when they disappear? How could you worship something that is a celestial body? It, it uh, is something that is present and then it is absent. While Allah Azza wa Jal sees and hears everything always. And so the affair of the worship of the sun and the moon was something that occurred during the time of the the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam, and so the Prophet was, prohib was prohibited 
and was was commanded to convey this to his ummah that they should not worship the sun neither should they worship the moon likewise from the ayat and from the verses that the imam he mentions he mentions the statement of Allah Azzawajal in relation to the malaika wala ya'murukum an tattakhidu almalaikata wal nabiyyina arbaba that i have not commanded you he doesn't command you to take the malaika the angels or the nabiyyina arbaba or the prophets as gods besides Allah rather Allah Azzawajal has commanded that you worship him alone and then Allah Azzawajal mentions ayamurukum bil kufri ba'da id antum muslimun will he command you with kufr after you are muslimun and so the worship of the malaika as pure as they may be and the anbiya as righteous and upright as they are then all of that is considered shirk and Allah Azzawajal has prohibited that anyone should do so anyone should see that and deem it fair seeming likewise we have from the verses that the imam uh, he mentioned وَإِذْ قَالَ اللَّهُ يَا عِيسَى when Allah said O Isa did you say to the people take me and your mother as two gods me and my mother as two gods besides Allah and again this is a indication of the fact that they uh, had been worshipping the the uh, anbiya and that among the mushrikun were those christians that the prophet sallallahu was sent to and we have examples of the prophet sallallahu debating the christians as occurs for example with the christians as occurs in sahih muslim with the christians who came to the messenger sallallahu from najran and in fact surah al imran that this verse is, is from was a surah from the beginning of the surah till about the 75th verse that it was all a refutation of the Christians. The Prophet وسلم, uh, he received a delegation from the region of Najran, which is close to Yemen. And they were a delegation of Christians who came to debate with the Messenger وسلم, concerning the belief in Isa ibn Maryam. And so the Prophet وسلم, recited to them verses from the book of Allah. And some of these verses in Surah Ali Imran were revealed upon him. When Allah informed concerning the story of Isa and the fact that they were all Ba'dhum Min Ba'd, they were all prophets and messengers who were connected one to another. And Allah informed them of the story of Maryam in order to establish the fact that the source of the Prophet and his uh, his uh, uh, information and the da'wah and that which he calls you to is the same source as the prophets and the messengers or of the prophets and the messengers that you believe in This is these are the same stories how would he know if it were not that he were being revealed to from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and so uh, Isa ibn Maryam he responded it is not for me to say say that which I do not have the right to say. And that again is an indication of the fact that Isa ibn Maryam was commanded just as the Prophet was commanded. He was not a part of Allah, neither was he the word that was present with Allah that they claim in the beginning, that the word was with God. Neither is he the word that Allah Azzawajal mentioned in the Quran? Since they say that even you Muslims, you believe that Isa was a word from Allah. And that is what we believe. But as far as that word, then as Allah Azzawajal has mentioned, إِنَّمَا إِذَا أَرَادَ شَيْئًا أَنْ يَكُونَ لَهُ كُنْ فَيَكُونَ Allah mentions that indeed if he intends anything then he merely says be and it is that is the intent behind the word that that Isa is referred to as being the kalima of Allah that is what is intended by that word yani the word of Allah be that is he came about and his existence came about on the basis of the word of Allah be and he was and so uh, the verse, Ikhwan, is of 
importance, particularly since individuals worship the Prophet and believe that it is permissible to do so because he was different from anyone else within creation. Uh, and he was a noble prophet, a messenger. Well, if that is the case, and so was Isa ibn Maryam, and Allah addresses Isa on the Day of Judgment, and he will reject that he called to worship himself. Had that been permissible, then there wouldn't have been an issue. Likewise, in relation to the worship of the Malaika, the Imam, he mentions this verse, wherein Allah has mentioned uh, previously, وَلَا يَأْمُرَكُمْ أَن تَتَّخِذُوا الْمَلَائِكَةَ أَرْبَابًا مِنْ دُونِ اللَّهِ الْمَلَائِكَةَ وَالنَّبِيِّينَ أَرْبَابًا Here Allah mentions that He has not commanded you to take as gods besides Allah the Malaika and the Nabiyun. So these two verses are emphatic in establishing the fact that the prophets and the messengers, it is not permissible to turn one's attention towards them. Then he follows up with an important verse, and that is the statement of Allah Azza Those who they call upon, they themselves seek nearness to Allah. Which of the two of them are closer? This verse was revealed in relation to a group among the Arab who were worshipping individuals from the jinn. As some of the scholars of Tafsir mentioned, that they were worshipping individuals from among the jinn. But those jinn embraced Islam, and the individuals who were worshipping those jinn were unaware of the fact that they had embraced. And so they continued to worship them. And so Allah mentions, Those who Yad'oon, those who they call upon, they themselves seek nearness to Allah. Yani after embracing Islam and becoming Muslimin, then they themselves now worship Allah alone. So they seek nearness to Allah while these individuals worship them. So which of the two of them are nearest to Allah? And Allah mentions, They seek His mercy and they fear his punishment. And so, you worship these individuals, you have fear and you have hope in them, while they have fear and hope with Allah Azza wa Jal. And so, which of the two is best? And so, this verse then is and establishes the fact that these individuals, number one, they used to worship the jinn. And so, we have a refutation here against those who worship the malaika those who worship the Anbiya, and those who worship the Jinn. Similarly, he mentions in relation to the Ahjar and Asjar. And this may uh, be difficult for some to grasp immediately, that is, that the evidence in relation to worshipping rocks and in relation to worshipping trees is the statement of Allah, do you not see Allah wal Uzza wa manatu thalitatal ukhra? Lat Uzza and Manat the third. Any the third of three gods that Allah chose to mention. This statement relates to three objects of worship that the Bedouin Arabs used to uh, turn their ibadah to. The first of them is the mention of Allah, the second of them Al Uzza, and the third Al Manat. As far as Allah is concerned, then it occurs, or the recitation of the verse uh, is permissible with takhfif and with tashdeed. That is, it is permissible to recite the verse without the shadada, yani ghair mushaddad. That is, uh, it is permissible to say afara'aytum allat without the tashdeed, allat. When it is recited in this manner, Alat, then it is a reference to a huge rock. And this rock was a large white rock that was in the region of Ta'if, which is not far from Mecca. Uh, and it had over it a house or a building, a construction, and it was draped and was covered with cloth and drapes.
and the people of Thaqif, which was the tribe, one of the main tribes in the region of Ta'if, the tribe of Thaqif used, used to worship uh, this rock, used to worship this stone. As far as Allat, with Tashdeed, Allat, then it was the name of a righteous man that was known for giving charity and sadaqah and feeding the hujjaj and the people who used to make hajj. And so some of the people of knowledge gather between these two, and that is by saying that when Allah died and when he passed away, he was buried by this huge large rock. And so they were number one, by worshipping Allah, they were worshipping a rock and worshipping who they considered a righteous man. Allah Azza likewise mentions Al-Uzza. Allah mentions, do you not see Lat and Al-Uzza? Similarly, Al-Uzza were a group of trees that uh, were in a region between Mecca and Ta'if. They were a group of trees and within them, or among them, there was a woman who would erect or who would establish herself in a small building, she would stay there and she was as though or considered the custodian of Al-Uzza. And so the God that they used to worship, Al-Uzza, was made from wood and it was established in a region that was surrounded by trees and there was a woman that used to guard and protect Al-Uzza. Up until the time uh, of or after the Fath and the conquest of Mecca, with the Prophet ﷺ sent Khalid bin Walid to go and cut the tree down. As far as Al Manat, then um, Al Manat was likewise a huge rock in a place called Qudayd, and it was between Mecca and Medina, uh, and it was similarly worshipped by, for the most part, the people of Medina, but other tribes from among the Arab would worship there. And it too then was an object of worship. Until Allah sent the Prophet and all of these objects of worship and turning one's attention towards them was destroyed with the ascending of the Messenger As far as that which follows in relation to the verse Allah mentions, is for him al dhakar and for you al unth is for afwan are for you yani addressing the Bedouin arabs are for you males while for him you attribute females and so one of the positions of the people of knowledge is that these gods allat wal uzza wal manat that they are the female versions of some of the names of Allah Azawajal, the feminine versions of some of the names of Allah Azawajal. Uh, and uh, they would say uh, that Allah was the feminine version extrapolated from Allah, and Al Uzza, the feminine version of Al Aziz. Al-Manat, the feminine version of Al-Mannan. And so it is held by an, a group of the people of knowledge that these were, were feminine versions, or they were gods, but they were also given the female version or the feminine version of the names of Allah. And Allah made inkar of this. Allah rebuked them for this by saying, Alakumul Zakar, Walahul Unza. So you attribute to yourselves males while you attribute to Allah Azza wa females. And that is because they, they, they said that these were the daughters of Allah. That these gods uh, were all considered the daughters of Allah. And so we have here then inkar and a uh, uh, refutation of worshipping anything besides Allah. Here we have manifestations of rocks and trees. Allat wal Uzza wal Manat. Likewise, we've previously mentioned the righteous, the Anbiya, the sun, the moon, celestial bodies, and the Malaika. So, all of these things 
were affairs that were worshipped at the time of the Prophet and the Prophet was sent to fight against and to establish Tawheed upon all of them. As far as the hadith of Abi Waqidir and Laythi, when they would hang there, or they saw the mushrikun hanging their swords upon uh, some trees, then this has in it an indication of that which is related to a tabarruk. And tabarruk, which is talab al-baraka, or to seek baraka or blessings from something. A tabarruk, ayyuhal ikhwa, is of two types. A tabarruk al-mashru' wa tabarruk al-mamnu' Tabarruk, that is mashru' Tabarruk, that is uh, legislated And tabarruk, that is mamnu' Tabarruk, that is impermissible Haram, uh, and is considered major shirk The majority of its manifestations And that is that a person seeks baraka from other than Allah or from other than the correct means of seeking barakah as far as that which is legislated then it is that which has established evidence for its permissibility uh, and that no doubt returns back to seeking barakah from the that of the messenger from the person of the messenger of Allah during his life or from the uh, remnant, remnants or the artifacts that have come from the Prophet Sallallahu uh, Alaihi Wasallam if any of that is established as was the case in the earlier part of this Ummah among the Salaf some of the hairs of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi were still present uh, the cloak of the Messenger Sallallahu Alaihi was present but there is nothing that is established from the Athar of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and from the remnants of the Messenger Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam in our time and so you'll hear of a hair in Turkey or of a hair uh, in Indonesia or of the uh, the turban of the messenger وسلم, in some country none of these are established as artifacts of the messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wasallam and so the affair of seeking tabarruk seeking baraka baraka is sought from Allah and it is sought from those who Allah has permitted to seek barakah or to benefit from, like the Messenger during his life. During his life. Uh, here, Abu Waqid in Al-Layfi, he mentions, That we had recently left Kufr. It is important to mention that that which, that which came from the companions of the Messenger of Allah came from them because they were new to Islam. The Battle of Hunayn occurred in the month of Dhul Qidah. These Sahaba had embraced at the end of Ramadan. Between Ramadan and Dhul Qidah, there are one to two months. We have the month of Ramadan, then we have the month of Shawwal, then we have the month of Dhul Qidah. And so they Embraced at the end of Ramadan, we had the whole of the month of Shawwal. Then in the month of Dhul Qaeda, we had the Battle of Hunayn. And so they had literally <coughs> entered into Islam not more than a month or a month and a half previous or prior to the affair. And so they were still learning and they were still uh, studying the affair of Tawheed and were unaware of the fact that their statement was not permissible and so it is not said that they fell into shirk rather what is said is that they made a mistake based upon the fact that they were new to the deen of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and so here even tabarruk when tabarruk can fall into that which is considered shirk here just as the Prophet he mentioned you have said as the mushrikun or as the as Bani Israel said to Musa make for us a God as they have a God Seeking barakah is something that returns back to Allah Azzawajal. And it is only sought from Allah and from that which Allah Azzawajal has legislated, legislated as a source of barakah. And there are certain actions that one may seek barakah from, مثلاً, like uh, 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 heading to the masjid, walking to the masjid. Yani, uh, these places of worship are blessed places. 
But as far as ahjar, asjar, trees, as far as rocks, then trees and rocks and what have you are not uh, sources of barakah. And we also have in it the impermissibility of following and making tashabbuh bil kuffar. Yani following and resembling the kuffar in particular in relation to their acts of worship. For indeed, the sum total of these acts of worship is ordinarily a shirk. And so here the Prophet warned against all of this. And so what we see, or that we find no doubt that ayat were revealed, warning against all of this and considering all of it shirk. And therefore, what we have here is the fact that, and it's an important issue, the fact that the Prophet was not did not make any differentiation between one type of shirk and another type of shirk. He didn't differentiate between one object of worship and another ob- object of worship. They were all, or worshipping them, was considered shirk, all of them. Worshipping all of these objects of worship were considered shirk, and it did not change because of the fact that one object may be better or perhaps purer than another. This is uh, what is established here in this third most important point. The Imam then goes on to mention Al-Qa'idatul Rabi'ah Al-Qa'idatul Rabi'ah The fourth and final point. In this previous point we see the importance of learning about the deen of Allah in particular being upon knowledge in relation to Tawheed being upon knowledge in relation to that which is connected to the rights of Allah that which is related to his asma'i wa sifat that which is related to his rububiyyah, his uluhiyyah that we are diligent in learning about Tawheed and that we stay away from the innovated methods of studying Tawheed and of seeking the knowledge of Tawheed by way of falsafa, for example, philosophy that the deviant sects of the past fell into and those sects who are still present yani their ideas are still present the Mu'tazila and the Jahmiyyah uh, and the likes so the Imam he goes on to mention the fourth and final principle and that is that he says the fourth principle he mentions here that indeed the mushrikun, this is the fourth and final principle. The mushrikun in our time, and this is him referring to a period over 200 years ago, or just over 200 years ago, he said that the mushrikun of our time are worse in shirk than the early mushrikeen. And then he explains why. He said that is because the early mushrikeen during good times they committed shirk. And when everything was okay, they would commit shirk. But during difficulties, then they uh, would turn to Allah alone in worship during shidda. While the mushrikun of our time in both good times and in times of difficulty and hardship and calamities, they make shirk with Allah They make no differentiation between times of ease and times of difficulty and hardship and calamity. And so from that angle, their shirk is worse than the shirk of the mushrikun at the time of the Prophet And so this is not a simple matter. It is not a matter that we 
just overlook or you know some of the ummah you know this is just how they worship like, this was exactly what the prophet ﷺ was sent to wage war against this was what the prophet ﷺ was sent to give da'wah to or these were the people he was sent to give da'wah to to rectify to correct and so when the mushrikun during our time regardless of whether they attribute themselves to this ummah the mushrikun during our time their shirk is worse therefore we must be more diligent in calling the people to the tawheed of allah and in rectifying this shirk that has occurred from them and in particular as we mentioned it is shirk that has manif manifested among the ubad al-qubur among those who worship the graves and this uh, affair is something that is well established with anyone who is familiar with them yani familiar with grave worship and so the evil or the manners in which the grave worshippers and the mushrikun of our time are worse than the early mushrikun among the arab and from the tribes of quraysh there are numerous numerous angles that they are worse and manners in which they are worse from the ways in which they are worse is this issue that Imam Muhammad has highlighted. That the mushrikun, al-awwaloon, the early mushrikun, they only made shirk during times of rakha, during good times, times of ease. But when shidda came upon them and calamities came upon them, then they were sincere in their worship to Allah And in that regard, he mentions the statement of Allah that when they, are, uh, when they embark Upon the ships, they call upon Allah, مُخْلِسِينَ لَهُ الدِّينَ When they embark upon the ship, and what is intended here is that the ship is uh, uh, going through that which would cause them to believe that they were to be destroyed, and that the ship, ship, ship would sink. And so when they saw this calamity, and when they were in this situation, they called upon Allah sincere in their worship to him. Then when Allah saved them and brought them to shore, they returned back to their shirk. So their shirk was in good times, times of ease, while in calamities they called upon Allah alone. While the mushrikun of our time, their shirk is in good times and during hardship. Secondly, that the early mushrikun, their shirk was in uluhiya, mainly. Meaning that the shit that they committed was in uluhiya, in the affairs of worship. While the mushrikun in our time, their shirk falls into uluhiya and rububiya. It falls into uluhiya. In that they make oaths to other than Allah, they slaughter to other than Allah, they make dua to other than Allah. But it falls into rububiya, into the lordship of Allah, when they attribute to their awliya, to their saints, and to the ones that they turn to, that they arrange the affairs within creation, uh, that they bring about benefit or harm, that they can cure the sick. That they can remove calamities. And their shirk is in rububiyah as well. Likewise one of the manners. Uh, in which. The shirk of the mushrikun of the, of the past. Was lighter than the shirk. Of the mushrikun of our time. And that their shirk is worse. Is that the mushrikun of the past. They would, they would worship. Individuals who were actually righteous. Generally. And it was not for them to worship them. They would worship Isa ibn Maryam. And they would worship Malaika. They would worship what they saw, individuals they saw to be righteous. And generally they were. While these mushrikun, the quburiyun, were worshippers of individuals who are, are fajra. In many cases. Ibn Arabi, Al-Badawi, Al-Hallaj, that oftentimes the individuals that they turn their attention to and make shirk with, they were not these righteous saints that they claimed that they were. Some of them fell into uh, 
kufar some of them fell into shirk themselves and they turned them into objects of worship so their shirk was worse than the shirk of the earlier generations and this is what should be borne in mind and established that the shirk that they fell into was greater than the shirk of the earlier generations and therefore the da'wah to Allah and to Tawheed and to rectifying the affairs of Tawheed should be greater because of the fact that the manifestation of shirk in our time is worse and this is one of major major importance and it is a hugely beneficial final two points that were uh, established here by Imam Muhammad ibn Abdul Wahhab rahimahullah ta'ala and so there is no doubt that with rounding up and concluding that we see the importance ikhwan of learning and studying tawheed studying it correctly ikhwan are not just studying one or two uh, of the books of tawheed but that we make this our lifelong mission to study and to acquaint ourselves with tawheed uh, and uh, know that it is not something that is just studied in five or ten minutes or in an hour or half an hour or that it is studied in a day this is something ikhwan, that we study throughout our lives and the more we study it the more we become acquainted with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and we advise in relation to the books that uh, you should study in relation to Tawheed and of course this book that we've stu- that we've completed uh, and uh, the likes of Usul al-Thalatha of Muhammad ibn Abdul Wahhab Kadalik uh, that discusses the three questions in the grave the Kashf al-Shubuhat of Imam Muhammad which is a detailed refutation of anyone who commits shirk uh, and the and the arguments that they use to commit shirk the Usul al-Sitta of Muhammad ibn Abdul Wahhab Kitab al-Tawheed of Muhammad ibn Abdul Wahhab Nawaqid al-Islam Yani the uh, the nullifiers of Islam, and then the well-known books of Aqidah like Al-Lamia or like Al-Ha'iya or Lum'atul I'tiqad of Ibn Qudama uh, in the Asma'i wa Sifat, the likes of Al-Wasitiyah, though it is general in the other affairs of Aqidah, Qawaidul Muthla of Sheikh Muhammad ibn, uh, Muhammad, Nasir, uh, Muhammad bin Salih Al-Uthaymeen the likes of Al-Aqidat Al-Tahawiyah with the expl- explanation of uh, Ibn Abil Iz Al-Hanafi and likewise the hugely, hugely beneficial Aqidat Al-Tadmuriyah of Shaykh Al-Islam Taymiyyah and many of the people of knowledge mentioned that one should study before that Al-Aqidat Al-Hamawiyah these are books Ikhwan, that uh, deal with, that nurture and deal with the major affairs related to Tawheed and the principles connected to Tawheed and Asma'i wa Sifat and other than that from the hugely important affairs related to the Aqidah Al-Islamiyah, Al-Salafiyah, Al-Sahihah and with that then we have the final statement of Al-Imam Muhammad Tammat wa sallallahu ala rabina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa sallam with that it is complete وصلى الله على نبينا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه وسلم